Welcome to the Dream Living Podcast, the podcast for those who want to achieve phenomenal results in their life, career, and business. Now, here is your host, Angela Spears. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dream Living Podcast. This is Angela Spears, and I am your host and Dream Living Coach. And again, welcome to another episode. Um, If you've been tuning in, you know that we have been talking about your next move, how to figure out your next move and getting unstuck because they really, those two topics go together. And um, today I'm actually going to be answering a few questions from my own personal perspective on how I have made a career transition or how I have been able to figure out what my next move is. I have had times in my life where I've been very clear about my next move, and I have had times in my life where I was very unsure (laughs) about my next move. So I'm just going to share my own personal experience today in hopes that some of it can help some of my listeners. And as always, thanks to all of my listeners for listening, and uh, we'll keep unraveling this topic as we move forward. All right. So the first question that I'm going to answer is uh, describe a time in my life when I knew it was time to make a career transition. And I've actually told a little bit of this story before in previous episodes, if you've been following me, but I will give a recap. So I, when I went to college, I went to Indiana University in Bloomington and I majored in business finance. And my plan was to be a certified financial planner. I thought I love to help people. And that field just sounded interesting to me. I looked through this book of careers that my brother gave me and that career just sounded interesting to me. So I decided to go to Indiana University because they had a great business school, graduated, started out in the banking field, still with the intention of becoming a certified financial planner. And I was actually a part of a rotation program or what they call management training programs. This was um, a while ago, back in the 90s. And I explored different parts of the bank. I got to uh, experience some great jobs, great experiences in five different areas of the bank. And I chose to be in the retail side of banking, which led me to become a branch manager at Chase Bank. That's where I worked. Uh, That was my first job out of college. And I was actually with the company for almost four years. And um, as a branch manager, I mean, I worked my way up the ranks. I was an assistant customer service manager. I was an assistant branch manager. And then I was a, a, a full branch manager. And then I realized you know what? Um, I really love the financial side of things. I really love to work with my customers. I really enjoy educating my customers about the products we have. The sales pressure is what I didn't love so much. Uh, As you can imagine, in branch management, you have major goals that you have to achieve. You have to leave the branch to achieve them. And I was successful in it. I just didn't enjoy it. So that was a time in my life when I realized it was time for a career transition because I just didn't like the sales pressure at all. And I didn't like approaching clients from a sales perspective. It just didn't feel right to me. And it's not something that I liked. 
So I had this moment where I was at this retirement home. And I think, again, I've shared this story before. And uh, my, my boss at the time, actually, this was when I was still an assistant manager. This was before I was promoted to branch manager. And um, we were going to do this presentation slash kind of a fair type of thing at a retirement home where we were going to promote annuities because those are some of the financial products, of course, that you sell. As a branch manager, I was certified to sell annuities, mutual funds, things like that. So I was well on my way to become a certified financial planner because that's basically what a certified financial planner does. My next step would have been to just go private or work for um, a private organization where I just had my own clients and not running a branch. But anyway, um, my manager at the time asked me to deliver a presentation on um, planning for retirement. And the purpose, again, was to promote annuities. So I prepared my talk. I was very young. I mean, right out of college, 23 years old. And I'm this 23-year-old sharing this message with retirees, but I ran with it. And I presented in front of this group of people who were retired. (laughs) And uh, after I was done, they all stood up. They had canes. They were old. I mean, keep in mind, these were old people. They stood up and, and gave me a standing ovation. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. I really enjoy educating people about finances. So that was a time when I realized not only I needed to make a career transition, but I had this defining moment that told me this is what I want to do. I want to be in training and development or learning and development is what they call it now. Or it's even immersed into talent management. So I thought about, okay, what skills do I have that could transfer to a, a career in learning? So I had definitely done presentations before because I just told you that, that I had. And then I had to think about um, manuals that I created for my staff to help them be more efficient. Like when I, I was, when I was a customer service manager, for instance, I went through the training and everything and um, I helped to uh, create some manuals internally for the teller staff to use for transactions and things like that. So I thought, okay, that I wrote a manual. That is a part of training design, at least. I had facilitated before, so that was training delivery. So then I started to be purposeful about building my skills that were transferable. So I started to create uh, programs for my staff to learn, to get them up to speed on selling effectively, selling our products effectively, getting our teller staff to be efficient with their processes. And I just kept building my resume and tailoring it to more of a training um, line of work as opposed to branch management, just using um, my experiences at the bank and skills to build a resume that was focused on learning and development. Now, I have to say, making this transition did take me some time. It took me a couple of years. I kept applying, 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 and I got no, 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 quite a bit. (laughs) But um, I had a moment where I had a client talk to me about an opening at PricewaterhouseCoopers, and uh, that was an opportunity for me to be in management consulting. And I thought, okay, uh, I know this person. She can help me get in 
this is a way that I can build my skills in learning and development. So I'm, I'm explaining this story because I didn't go directly from branch management to a career in learning and development. It took a couple of moves to get there. Okay, so uh, long story short, I got hired with PricewaterhouseCoopers. That's in management consulting. I got called on a lot of different consulting engagement. As you know, if you're familiar with this, uh, the management consulting industry, I was a road warrior. I traveled out over the, all over the place, worked weekends and nights, and it took over my life. <laughs> but I, what invaluable experiences I gained. And all the projects that I was on, I just thought about how have how can I align myself or what experiences have I had that align to a career in learning and development? So I created training manuals. We actually went into uh, with this client and um, evaluated their processes from beginning to end, redesigned their processes and trained them on the processes. So it was a business process redesign project, but it was the the implementation part of it that helped me to gain more learning and development skills. So I just kept writing anything that I could, that um, any skill that aligned to learning and development on any engagement that I was on, I would add that to my resume. And of course, I would network and talk to different people in the field and things like that to figure out how can I do this. And finally, I applied for a job at... um, a company in Ohio. Um, it's the State Teachers Retirement System of Ohio. And it was a job to educate um, members, uh, retiree, or um, not necessarily retirees, members of the State Teachers Retirement System. So they could be people who were currently teaching, thinking about retiring, or current retirees. And I work for a department where we educated educators on retirement. What a perfect combination, right? I had a banking background and I was going to be able to teach people on finances. That was really the perfect combination for me. And that's what I had in mind when I had that pivotal moment at the retirement home when I delivered that that talk. I thought it would be perfect if I could just educate people on finances and not have the sales pressure. So this was really the perfect job. And so I got a lot of facilitation and training experience where I, I, I traveled all over the state of Ohio and facilitated on um, and, and educated people on retirement benefits all the time. So here I got the training experience, but I didn't have the design experience because I wanted to have the whole gamut of uh, experience or my, I wanted my career to really truly align with learning and development, which included learning facilitation and learning or training design. So at the job in Ohio, I did help to create manuals and things like that. And so again, I continued to build my resume and I wanted to explore instructional design. <laughs> again, I was able to land an instructional design job after State Teachers Retirement System of Ohio took some time, took a lot of no's. And uh, at that time, I actually wanted to move to Florida as well. So that was another stretch. I wanted to move all the way across the country and expand my career in something that I didn't have solid experience in. Somebody gave me a chance and I just continued to build my career. So I got that uh, instructional design experience. I continued to get um, facilitation experience. Then I ended up being in leadership development with another company where I was solely focused on building learning and training for leaders. 
that was an invaluable experience. I love that. Then in that job, I started to get more exposure to human resources and talent management and got to really um, get into a lot of different experiences and lead a lot of different projects for which I was not experienced. But those experiences and projects, I was able to uh, add to my resume and build my career in learning and development, organizational development, talent management, and leadership development. And if you look at my bio, I describe myself as a executive coach, life and executive coach. That's another thing that I've built over the years because I am certified uh, with International Coaching Federation. I also brand myself as a talent management, leadership development, and organizational development expert. So again, in my career, I have been able to lead different projects, get involved in different stretch assignments to build my career to what it is today. And it continues to evolve in a direction that I enjoy. And I'm still at a point in my career where I'm like gaining different experiences and I'm happy where I am now. I'm in a director level role in a corporation. I'm not sure what is next for me, though, to be honest. Right now, I'm just mastering where I am today. And I mentioned I always typically know what my next move is. I do have some ideas. I'm expanding my business with Dream Living, of course, uh, possibly moving up to the next level in talent management. But I'm still really exploring that. Um, And I think I share that with you to say it's okay to not be sure of your next move. I'm happy where I am now. I'm, I'm focused on building my skills and my experiences where I am today and, and thinking about those experiences and how they can help to broaden what my choices are in the future. That's how I look at it. I used to be very rigid in terms of knowing and having a plan for all of the moves that I made. As I've gotten older, I realize there's not always a perfect formula for that. Uh, it's your career has ebbs and flows. There are times when you know exactly what you want. There are times that you don't, and that's okay. Sometimes you just have to take it day by day and learn and figure it out. Okay. But I know that was a long answer to the first question, but I had to build that story just to share with you how I knew it was time to make a, a career transition and how I was able to do that. It took persistence. It took networking. It took doing some research on what other people in the field do, uh, looking at sample resumes of people that are doing what I was looking to do. Again, networking is probably one of the most important things to do. Uh, doing your research. Uh, what, what skills do I need to build to get there? What experiences do I need to build to get there? What are people looking for for someone who is doing this type of work? And I think whether you want to work for a corporation or own your own business and get contracts with different uh, businesses as you um, own your own business or different clients, it's still important to do the same type of research. Build those experiences, network, see what people are looking for in the field that you're looking to be in, and it's going to help you in the long run. Is it going to happen overnight? No, nothing happens overnight. Again, if you want to lose weight, you're not going to lose 50 pounds overnight. You got to just be persistent at it day by day. Okay, so the next question is, making career transitions can be difficult. Uh, Did you initially have the confidence to make the change? Honestly, I did. 
have the confidence to make the change. Um, again, I'm talking about a time, the, the first transition I made, I was, I was at a in my 20s. And I had a lot of confidence then. Um, I set goals. I, I put my all in achieving them and I achieved them. So I did have the confidence. And um, yeah, while I got the nose, I didn't let that deter me. I just thought, okay, I'm one step closer to getting there. And it's not that I hated my job in banking. I didn't hate it at all. I was really just... Um, taking advantage of the great experiences that I had at, at the bank uh, when I worked there, because to be in your twenties and to have the opportunity to run a bank and have 20 people direct re- reporting directly to you, that was a great experience. I was able to get management experience very early in my career. So I took, I just really, appreciated what I had in front of me while still thinking about what my next move was and having a plan on the back end to move towards that. I wasn't miserable where I was, but I also wasn't fulfilled either. But uh, I just had a positive attitude about where I was. And I just said, eventually I'm going to get there one way or another. And I just kept trying different ways until I achieved it. So persistence is really helpful and having the confidence and really believing that you can get there. In a previous episode, I talked about uh, one of the important tips to uh, getting to your next move and to getting unstuck is really believing in yourself and believing that you can achieve your goals and dreams. So building that confidence is important, and I plan to cover confidence in another episode. Okay, so... um, Let's see. The next question is, um, I, I actually had Rakea Gibson on an episode, I think it was episode 12, where we talked about making a successful career transition. And I had asked her about how does she weigh the risk involved to make a change in her career? And if you haven't listened to that episode, I would encourage you to listen to her story as well, because she shares some fabulous tips that I think can be very helpful. But um, how did I weigh the risk involved to make the change in my career? I didn't see a lot of risk in making the change. I think maybe because I was so young, I thought, okay, I'm going to make the change and it's going to happen. And um, the, I was saw the opportunity to make even more money, actually, and I did each time that I moved. So I didn't see a whole lot of risk. Um, even when I moved to Florida, I talked about um, getting that instructional design experience um, and moving to Florida to start that part of my career journey. Um, I was in my early thirties at that time. And I, me and my husband were just ready to tackle the world. (laughs) And, uh, we moved to Florida and, uh, we got jobs there. And I, I think we just felt resilient and us against the world. And, um, you know, of course, we weighed out how much what the, was the cost of living in Florida. Um, I knew how much money I needed to make in this career. And I knew I had done my research on what you can make in instructional design. And I also had studied the long-term career path. So I, I really thought it out. And keep in mind that I did make the move quickly. I mean, initially, when I moved from banking to training, it took me two years. When I moved from the retirement system to instructional design, that took me a good two years as well. Uh, I don't know that I had that plan initially going into the state teacher's retirement system, 
but I still say it took me a year and a half to two years to, to land a job in instructional design where I didn't have a previous instructional design experience. I just had experiences that were related to instructional design and somebody gave me a chance. So um, the risk involved was really just uh, finding a new place and living in a new climate, new area where we didn't know anyone, um, making sure that we had the proper income to make the move, which we did. I didn't, we didn't move without uh, at least one of us having a job secured and we did it and we made it work. And that was that. But typically when I decide on something, I write it down. Uh, I really have given it a lot of thought in terms of uh, what's, the risk, what's the reward, what are the pros, what are the cons? And mostly I go with my gut, to be honest. And it, that move felt right. And it was a good move for us. Uh, we don't live in Florida anymore, but at that time, that was a great move for us. And I enjoyed living in Florida at the time that I did. And I gained some incredible career experiences in Florida. And then since then, I've, I've been in a position where companies have been able to reach out to me and... Um, when I wasn't even looking and I was still able to progress in my career. So it just has progressed fairly well over time. Okay. Um, so the next question is where are you now in your career journey? And I kind of already talked about that. I'm, was able to get promoted about a year ago uh, in my current job and my company moved me to the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. And uh, I've been in this role for um, a little, but gosh, a year and a half, not quite a year and a half now. And um, I feel like I'm still learning this this role and still growing in this role. Um, I, the role is going great. I'm getting some great experiences. I'm stretching myself. I'm doing things that I haven't done before. So I feel like I'm just trying to master and get better and better in this role that I'm in since I've been in it for such a short time. And um, again, I'm not sure. I can't say I want to be the VP of X or this or that. I really don't know. I have thoughts. I have considerations about what my next moves are. I have about two or three things in mind, but I'm not 100% sure on what it is. Um, I've talked to different people about it um, inside and outside of my organization. And um, I do feel confident that I'm doing the right things now to broaden my options, to help broaden my options. So when it is time for a career move, I'll be equipped to do so. And whether that's, whether that's to grow within my current company, whether that's to do something different, um, I'm confident that I will, it will become crystal clear in time. I've learned, like I said, not to be so rigid with my goals and just to really follow my instinct and um, uh, really just be thoughtful and mindful and meditate and just take things one day, day at a time. I realize I don't have to have everything figured out all the time. <laughs> as much as I try, try to when I was younger, as I've gotten older, I realized, you know, just take it one day at a time and chill out. It's going to work out. All right. So uh, I'm in a pretty good place in my career journey now. And um, I am really happy when I'm learning and growing and developing and stretching myself. And that's exactly what I'm doing now. So I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. It hasn't always been that way. There are days when you, you have your good days, you have your bad days. You're like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing something different? I have those days just like everybody else. But all in all, all in all, I'm, I'm in a good place. I'm in a good place. Okay. 
So uh, we already mentioned that making a career transition is not easy. What tips do I have for you if you're thinking about a career transition? Um, I shared those tips in the last episode, um, and it's your next move part two. Be sure to listen to that, but I'll just recap what I shared in the last episode. One is to give yourself time to think it through. Outline the pros and cons so you can make a good logical decision. Do your research. Number two, do your research. Gather information. Ask people who have made similar transitions in their career or who are already there, who are already where you want to be. Read, talk to people, network. I think networking is one of the most important things to do. So people that that you know, know what you're looking to do. And you never know who out there that you know might be able to help you get to where you want to be. Network, network, network. Okay, um, like LinkedIn is a great tool to do that as well. But don't forget about those personal connections because I think that has more impact, to be honest, from my experience. Okay, um, maybe do some volunteer work in the area of work you want to be in. Um, and going back to connecting with people, conduct some informational interviews with people who are doing what you want to do. Just say, I want to spend some time with you and learn about what you do. Uh, people like to talk about themselves. And again, I talked about this in the last episode, so be sure to check it out. Um, focus on the, or think about the best case and worst case scenario. So that goes by what, that goes along with weighing the risk. Risk. What's the worst thing that can happen? If, if you're not a risk taker, make sure you think about that. Okay, if this happens, what's my plan? It's okay. You know, you have to take risks sometimes to get reward. But really focus on the best thing that can happen. Really be positive and believe that your plan is going to work. Because I talked about energy attracts energy. So that positivity, you want to make sure you're a magnet, magnet for positivity, not negativity. And then think about who you are and who you need to become to get to where you want to be. Do you need to build certain skills, knowledge? Do you need to get experiences? Are there certain behaviors you need to to develop to get to where you want to be? Do your research and start to build those skills you need to get there. Just like I started to build those skills when I was in management consulting and putting those skills and experiences on my resume. That helped me to get to where I wanted to be at the time. I'm still doing that today. I'm building experiences that I can put on my resume, that I can speak well of if somebody were to ask me and get to a different level in my career. The next level of my career may not be um, a promotion. It may not be a VP. It may be a lateral move to something different where I'm getting experience in something different that's fulfilling to me. And I think it's important to just make sure whatever you decide your next move is, that it's fulfilling to you, that it speaks to your soul, that it fulfills your passions, aligns with your passions and values. That's what's most important. I think in this day and age, it's not so important to move up. Not everybody wants to do that. Um, in, in my corporate job, I'm in a role where I, I manage some of that. And, and that's not what everybody wants to do. I think I find that a lot of people are in a position where they want to gain great experiences that can help them to make moves that are most importantly helping them to be fulfilled in life. So as you think about your next move, consider what speaks to you, what makes you come alive. 
that's going to help you to figure out what your next move is. Okay. For me, I just knew I love to teach. I love to be helping people through education. I love to teach. That moment for me was defining. I realized this is my calling. I love to teach. I love to train. I love to facilitate. And I still love to do that to this day. And um, that was a long time ago. That fed my soul. And it still does to this day. I still teach. I still do some form of teaching. And I absolutely love it. And uh, whether I'm teaching people on finances I'm actually teaching you through this podcast or I'm facilitating a workshop for leaders on team building or coaching or whatever it is. That is what I really love to do. And that's what, that's what's most important. Do what you love. And they say, well, the rest will follow. The money will follow. (laughs) So, um, anyway, I know I have talked for a while. Um, I'm when, my co-host Ricky Spears comes back. I'm going to interview him and ask him these same questions. So you've heard my perspective on how I have made my next move, things that I consider when making my next move. Again, I hope this has been helpful to you. Uh, Stay tuned as um, we uh, unravel this topic a little bit more. Eventually I'm going to put out a full course on your next move. So if you want that step-by-step process and you want more detailed information that I, then I'll share on the podcast, you, I can walk with you to help you not only better understand and clarify what your next move is, but map out a plan to get there. That is what I do as a dream living coach. That is what I love to do as a dream living coach. And it's to help people live uh, to achieve phenomenal results in their life, their career, and their business. So please subscribe to the podcast. If you're not subscribed, Um, I am on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Stitcher, um, uh, iTunes, all of the uh, primary um, places where you can uh, subscribe to the podcast. So please subscribe so you make sure you don't miss any episodes. Give me a comment or a rating. Uh, Give me some feedback on um, what you think of the podcast. And also let me know what topics you want me to cover. We have planned to cover your next move and getting us stuck because I hear that's what a lot of people are dealing with. So that's what I feel like. I'm going to, that I should be talking about right now, but if there are other topics you're interested in hearing me or my co-host Ricky, who'll be be back, um, talk about, definitely give us a shout out. Also check me out on Dream Living Coach on Facebook, the, my Facebook page, like it, and um, you will um, be sure to get the updates on all the uh, posts that I share through social media. I'm also on Instagram on Dream Living. Uh, identified as Dream Living Coach, and on Twitter at Coach underscore Spears. So check me out there and also check out my website, dreamlivingcoach.com. If you're interested in learning more about coaching, hit the contact button and um, fill out the information and I can have a free 30-minute consultation with you where we can talk about how I might be able to help you as a coach. Okay. Well, again, thanks for listening. I hope this was helpful. And until next time, bye-bye.